When it comes to blockchain and healthcare, what are the application possibilities and the security pros and cons? I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with blockchain expert, attorney Stephen Tepler of the law firm Mandelbaum Salzburg. Stephen will be discussing some of the potential applications that he sees for blockchain to improve data security and healthcare, as well as the potential challenges. So now, Stephen, we hear a lot about the distributed ledger technology blockchain, including potential uses in healthcare, such as in the exchange of health data for clinical trials and supply chain applications. What have you been seeing in terms of real applications? What's real? What's hype? What we're seeing for real applications outside of a whole morass of cryptocurrency type of of offerings and securities offerings are kind of auditing capabilities and portability capabilities that make it easier for consumers, patients to access and hold on to their most current records without carrying around a file cabinet and for organizations that handle health records and manage them, you know, whether they be hospitals or other healthcare service providers, an easier way to facilitate both the generation and the transmission and the security of the records. So, Stephen, what do you see as some of the key security pros and cons for healthcare and blockchain? The security pros for blockchain are that once a block is created, it can't be undetectably altered. And that means that whatever information is associated with it, meaning the event and the content associated with the event, the event meaning the time, um, and the content associated with the event, which is whatever you want to stick into that event space, that time space, is not alterable and is testably reliable as long as the cryptography, as long as the encryption strength or the algorithm remains viable. The cons are pretty simple, but hard to realize to the extent that this goes to the very anchor of trust in the beginning of the blockchain. The creator of that blockchain, the initiator, the instantiator, has to have a certain degree of trust built into the system from the onset. And if you don't have that trust anchor, you don't have that high trust anchor, you call into play the accuracy, the validity, or the trustworthiness of the entire blockchains, that the entire blocks that follow. The issue being from a security perspective that even though it's an accuracy issue, the trustworthiness is an implicit component of the blockchain security from the outset and then throughout its lifespan. So now, Stephen, there's been a push by federal regulators to have interoperable exchange of health data in the healthcare system. How flexible is blockchain in terms of interoperability within healthcare for data exchange, do you think? Good question. Right now, your blockchains are siloed because they have different infrastructures. The, the basic functionality of the blockchain may be the same, but one blockchain doesn't necessarily validate another blockchain simply because it is a blockchain and that's where your trust issues become 
and that's where your anchor issues become interesting. There, there must be some sort of federation among either the blockchains to actually shake hands with each other so that they trust each other, which similar to PKI and, and pub, you know, public key infrastructure. But it also means possibly that there may be a federated blockchain on a system-wide basis, i.e. either government or some sort of hierarchical top-level trust that anchors all these blockchains so that they can interact with each other. So, Stephen, what about compliance considerations for blockchain? For instance, how does blockchain fit in with HIPAA compliance considerations as well as various state regulations such as the California Consumer Privacy Act, GDPR? How, how well does this all fit together? The blockchain is not the content. The blockchain is not even the metadata of the content. The blockchain indicates a hash of the content, a signed hash of content somewhere, um, if it's implemented correctly. In that case, that hash is not decipherable. It's as you know, people who understand hashes will understand. It's a one-way process where you can't create the content or the metadata from the hash itself, right? You need the actual information. So really the blockchain does not contain any information that might invoke a privacy or, or confidentiality for that matter um, issue. However, if there are, if in the transmission of the blockchain itself, there is information that would invoke either GDPR scrutiny or California, the new California privacy law scrutiny, then there may have to be compliance measures taken even with the implementation of a blockchain infrastructure. And it depends how it's, how it's set up. The blockchain itself can actually be designed so that it can avoid invoking these privacy and data breach and other, other statutes and regulations and at the same time provide that portability and, and accessibility and testability of the accuracy of the actual records and events. And finally, Stephen, any security advice for healthcare entities that are planning to pilot or implement blockchain in the coming year? As much as everybody gets excited about startups and how startups would love to get into the game and have these platinum pilots that represent very, very large organizations, large healthcare or health service provider organizations. Um, it is the healthcare provider service organizations that are going to be on the hook in the case of a problem with the startup. You know, you have insurance issues, you have longevity issues, you have, you know, reps and warranties don't necessarily cover. And even if you have insurance, even if you have some sort of indemnity provision where you can lay off some of the risk on the startup, your startup will pretty much be very, very, very much, very less well capitalized, so to speak, than the client who engages them. So my suggestion is to get a seasoned player in the space who already has a record of, of both success and who has a record of having been vetted and audited, perhaps by a top-tier auditing firm, and then take the appropriate measures to protect yourself just like you would with any other vendor. Understanding, of course, that we're still in kind of the unknown unknowns as to how these methodologies will ultimately be accepted and interoperable. 
Thanks, Stephen. I've been speaking to attorney Stephen Tepler. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.